0: My guest on this episode of Suit Up is Brad Caleb, an Oklahoma native. Brad and his twin brother, Bryant, led Hobart High to a state championship in football in 1980, then went on to be an All-American at East Central University and inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2003 for his play at ECU. In 2020, his brother, Bryant, passed away after a three-year battle with cancer. Now an assistant coach at Owasso High School and husband to uber-successful Sepulpa Girls basketball coach, Darlene Caleb, Brad knows that God has big plans for him and is open to fulfilling the purpose that God has for him. They started the conversation by asking about growing up in Hobart. You
1: know, it it, it was uh, very interesting, you know, growing up in a small town. uh, one thing that I enjoyed, and people ask me, like, you know, where's, where's Hobart at? And I'll tell them it's Western Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I graduated with like 81 in my class. And uh, the luxury that I enjoyed, that, you know, I got to play with my twin brother, my cousin, and and some other of my friends, uh, you know, we were able to play like four sports where if you went to a jinx or something like that, you didn't get that luxury. And, and, um, that's the one thing I really enjoyed about it and, and and you got to know your teachers and and your coaches and 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 anything went wrong you know everybody knew it in the town and uh, and um, uh, it, it was just a great life I mean um, you know you have four uh, three other brothers that went through the system and you had us kind of following in their footsteps you know you know playing ball as a Caleb you know that's that's what you did you supposed to be a, a good athlete and and so that's what I experienced. And you know, my mom and dad. You know, my dad was a Baptist minister. And you know, and my you know my mom just uh, you know dropped out in in middle school and went back and got her uh, a degree and became a kindergarten teacher. And mm-hmm. and the thing that she really taught me and Brian growing up that she said, hey, you can play four sports, but if you make one C, it's over. And at first we didn't. We, we didn't understand. We're like, what is that? And once you get older, you, you know. And and, and she kind of. Uh, so did imp- anybody make see? No. Test
0: that? No, okay, because, you, I
1: mean, you were done. And so it kind of made me and Brian really be student athletes. And it carried over into college. And, you know, we ended up getting our master's. And so uh, um, I am kind of glad that she did that to us. And I kind of inherited to my kids, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. So did they grow up there too? Or no, um, how did you settle in. My
1: my, uh, my dad grew up in, in a small town uh, outside of Hobart, and my mom grew up in Hugo.
0: Okay. Oh, you know? circumstance. Uh,
1: yes. And uh, <laughs> at first, you know, they uh, they got married. They moved to the Oklahoma City, and my mom hated it. You know, too big. I, yeah, I think Brian uh, almost got rented by a car, and and it, it just was a bad situation. So my mom, like, hey, either. We leave. I'm gonna pack the kids up and leave. Cause we go, Cause my, my grandmother, my mom, mom, she lived in Hobart. She said, okay. I'm, I'm going there, and and this is just too much for the kids. So uh, that's how we got to Hobart.
0: Yeah. Were your parents? Did they also grow up in Christian homes and brought that into the marriage?
1: And my dad uh, was very. You know, he ran like a a kind of a bar type deal. Went growing up. I can remember me and Brian, we were maybe in the sixth grade, fifth grade. On Saturday night was his big night where, you know, he had bands come in. Mm -hmm. But we were always in there. I'm like, today, I mean, DHS would (laughs) have shut him down. I mean, he went straight to jail. But uh, uh, it, it was fun. I remember that, but, you know. My dad was very abusive to my mom. I mean, you know, she always sent us to church, but she never went. And you know, I mean, I remember one time uh, she was ironing our clothes, and we asked her that question. You know, she turned around and she had a black eye. And I'm like,
2: we were like, what happened to your eye?
1: You know, and uh, we kind of knew we heard it. You know, Mm. during the night and. this was really, you know, I tell people, you know, God is good because
2: eventually, uh, eventually, uh, we approached our dad about this and, uh, me and Brian, I remember, excuse me, we, uh, got his liquor one night out of his closet because that's where he took it. And we took it outside and just kind of broke every bottle and, uh, we knew our dad was gonna come in and t- t- take my mother. <sighs> Sorry, but no, uh, no, 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 please. That that kind of changed my dad, and uh, and we told him that we did it. and My mom didn't do it, and and you know what? I mean, s- somehow God changed him. You know, he became a deacon in the church. Mm-hmm. But, you know, became a, a Baptist minister, and. uh <laughs> I always share that story with my kids in FCA. And so when you think things are bad, it's not bad. You just gotta trust God and his vision. Yeah. So
0: uh, timing is perfect for God. Yes. He he yeah. knew. He knew what was coming down the road for exactly. his dad. And you guys didn't, but he also knew that you guys were gonna play a part in that turnaround. That what a what an awesome story and unexpected. Uh, in this interview, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So redemption already <laughs> Yes, exactly in this podcast and it doesn't it doesn't even involve you really. Well you were part of it, but yeah. so okay, so that's awesome. So your your dad makes us turn around and you guys obviously were already kind of kinda steeped in your faith at the time. How how old would you have been then? I, I would say we were probably about Eleven or twelve. Okay, when, that would be sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So go at junior high age. Mm-hmm. All right. So and you said you had uh, older siblings older than you and Bryant?
1: Yeah, me and Bryant. Uh, you know, we were the twins, uh, and we had three older brothers. It's okay. kind of
0: weird. My mom
1: didn't even know she was having twins at the time, but yeah, we had uh, my older brother. You know, Willie. Willie Don, Caleb, and we had Gary and Keith, and
0: then me and Bryant. Okay. Yeah. How much older than you is your oldest brother?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Me and Bryant, 59. I think my oldest brother, Willie Don, is like
0: 73, 74. So they would have been out of the house. Yes, sir. So the only father they knew was the abusive. The abusive, yes, sir. Drinking father. They Mm -hmm. didn't get part of what you guys got. Exactly. That's, uh, but they did obviously eventually, you know, as at an older age, but not in the home. Yes. Um. So let's talk about sports. I get it. You are in a small town in Hobart. What else is What else is there to do? Oh Lord. But play. So you mentioned four sports. So did you play basketball, football, baseball, baseball, and and ran ran track? Okay. So the 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 big four. Did you find yourself? gravitating towards football because obviously you became a really good football player. Uh,
1: baseball was my favorite sport. I mean, if I could have got a big time scholarship in, in baseball, I would have won baseball. But, you know, my senior year, you know, we won state 15, know, and, and I was, you know, um, you know, player of the year. And, and so all those accolades was this favorite in football. And, you uh, know, um, you know the 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 story I always tell people that you know my dream school was to play for Barry Switzer, and uh, and and that dream kind of came true when uh, Proctor came and, and recruited me and, and offered me a scholarship, and, uh, and that's kind of filled my void a little bit. But you know me, Brian, and Neil had a vow when we were like in the eighth grade that we were going to play together. So I uh, I kind of prayed about it and. Uh, and I asked uh, Proctor, I said, is there any way you can t-? ask Switzer could he offer Brian and Neil? And, and uh, he said, yeah. I and mean, back then, they would not have cell phones, so he was just like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think he responded a couple of days later, and he's like, no, he just wants you. So I'm like, well, I'm not coming. And so I had to tell Brian and Neil, like, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, we're going to play together. I don't care what we play at. Mm-hmm. So I just... I just knew God was going to take care of us. I mean, wherever I played, if I, you know, if I got good enough, I'd play at the next level If not, I would fill my void playing with my, my two best friends.
0: Yeah. So uh, quarterback at yes. Hobart? Yes. And did they want you at quarterback at Oklahoma as well? Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: They well, ran a triple option, so that's okay. and that's where I wanted to go. Okay. Big time.
0: So you end up at East Central. How did that come about?
1: You know what? Uh so once I kind of denied that, we kind of did some shopping around. So, you know, um, some smaller schools. I mean, they some schools want me to play, you know, receiver. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play receiver. And so uh, they came down and uh, and offered all three of us. I mean, they ran the triple option. You know, Neil was a tight end. Brown was a running back. It just fit everything that we wanted. But I think the real th- thing that really topped it they flew us there <laughs> and flew us back you know we at our big old airport in Hobart I'm like this is crazy but that don't even make sense but that I think that kind of sealed the deal when they they flew us there they said hey we're gonna fly you there I'm like oh my God. I said we're we gonna go to Oklahoma City said, nope we're just we're gonna get a private plane and, and fly you so that was huge right there and mm-hmm. uh and we just got to a campus loved it and and, uh, and people always ask me, like, would you do that again? I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, I, I would do it in a different way a little bit. I mean, as, as far as I wish Brondy was kind of got the accolades that I got to, to go to the next level. But mm-hmm. it, it was wonderful to play with those two guys. You know, here's where God works in, in kind of mysterious ways because, you know, I, that's where I met my wife. She played basketball there at East Central. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
1: you know, you know, God is always good and you you never know what journey you're going to take with him. But, you know, it it was the best thing that happened to me. Yeah,
0: it is fun to look back and and to be able to because sometimes you can't see God working. Yes. In the in the in the past. But in these cases, like with you and Darlene, you know, you can. You're like, well, you know, it wasn't about football really necessarily for me. Mm -hmm. It was about Meeting her. He's exactly. So, all right. So, let's talk about East Central because you would have a pretty good career there. Walk us through where you were a four year starter.
1: Yes. Uh, I, uh, it was kind of weird. I, I had a, a guy in front of me named Juan Johnson who was from Oakmogan. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit behind this guy for like three years. I mean, this guy was like 6'1 about 185, 4 3, 40. His vertical was like 41. I mean, it was just <laughs> unbelievable. But you know what I said? You know what? At the strength that I had over him, he could run, but he didn't throw the ball very well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll never forget, we played Southeastern. That's our rival uh, team back then. Um, we, we just wasn't moving the ball. And so uh, we, were, we were like down 35 to seven and I got an opportunity to come in and, and brought us back and within one touchdown and then the next week everybody like they didn't know who they were going to start and they ended up starting me and and uh and he ended up I mean I ended up starting and he ended up just transferring to Langston but uh that's for my journey I think it was game four
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that you know I look back and that's why I always try to tell kids you know with this portal going on now that's Just follow your dreams and just work hard, and things will work out.
0: Uh, So by the time you ended your freshman year, you're entrenched now as a starter. Mm -hmm. Walk us through then your sophomore, junior, and senior years at East Central.
1: You know, when we got there uh, on our recruiting trip, uh, you know, we uh, got on campus. You know, we were uh, preseason ranked number nine in the nation and we ended up winning two games. We ended up two and eight, and it was it was devastating. I, I remember, like, game six, we had something, you know, Coach O'Neill always wrote on the board, what we're going to do, and that particular day, he wrote on the board, stretch on your own, dress on your own, something like that, and we were like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, uh, and some of the older guys kind of been through a little bit, and they said it was kind of a day, and, and we went out, Stretched a little bit, and we went first offense against first defense. And it was a full-fledged scrimmage for about an hour when people started falling out. And the only thing that stopped it, one of our linebackers kind of went into a convulsion, and they had to uh, medical flight him out wow. to kind of stop it. And, and uh, we thought a lot of people were going to transfer after that. But it, we had a great nucleus of freshmen that year. Uh, we just stuck together. And the next year, I, I think we were five and five. And then that next year, we were like seven and four. We missed the playoff because we had a teammate that got struck by lightning and killed him. And we wow. p- holy practice that week. And we ended up getting beat by Northwestern. And that kind of knocked us out of the playoffs because they only took eight back then, mm-hmm. the top eight. And uh, – so we ended up getting beat by them by a touchdown. Then my senior year was was pretty good. We uh, we ended up twelve and one. We were ranked number one in the nation. First round of playoff, we played Central Washington, who was ranked number two at our place. Wow! I mean, one versus two. So it, in I mean, the first round, in the first round, and we ended up getting beat by two points by them.
0: Wow! And uh, did they go on to win the?
1: Title? No, it was. Uh, The team from Tennessee always won it. I can't think of the name of them, but uh, no, they got beat the next week.
0: Wow. Yeah. Huh. So so then tell me about in 2003, now we're talking 20 years later for the most part Mm -hmm. in that neighborhood, you get inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, and... And so I'm look. I'm looking at your your stats. I mean, they're very impressive. I mean, you ran for over a thousand yards. You threw for over fifteen hundred. You had all these touchdowns. Um, was it a statistical thing in that particular year that was an anomaly on that level of football that that got you into the Hall of Fame?
1: Kevin, I, I don't know. I mean, because here's the deal. I uh, I was working at Ada and i was in my office and i kind of knew i was on a ballot a little bit if some uh the press from all come said, hey we're, we got you on a ballot for this and you might you know be picked one of these years to to be in a college well i'm like there's no way that i made it. not in a I school you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh when i got a phone call and they told me that I got it, and I'm going to be inducted. I mean, it was, like, breathtaking. I mean, I'm like, this cannot be true. And and when I got there, South Bend, I just couldn't believe. I mean, I'm up here with Dan Marino and the Minnesota fans, you know, you know Reggie <laughs> White and Kevin Winslow. I'm just like, I mean, it was a, a dream come true. And to this day, it still blows my mind. And uh, when we played – you know the turf there at South Bend. They had the turf right out there. You know, fifty-yard field. It was only two quarterbacks, me and Dan Marino. And I tell people I beat his butt, which I did beat his butt. <laughs> and we had some coaches, and and one coach was like, "Hey, quit throwing, You need to run because I was." A lot more, I was way more athletic than Dan Marino as far as running and yeah. Honest, yeah, So we ended up beating him, and I always tell people, yeah, I beat Dan Marino. <laughs> You know, and, and very very many people can't say that, but it, it was it was breathtaking, and uh, uh, man, I, I will never forget. You know, I got an opportunity to take my whole family. You uh-huh. know, uh, my kids. I think Brayden, uh, my son, was was in the third grade. My daughter was in the first grade, and and my twin brother came. My mom and. And my brother Gary and and uh, and their family and so it it was uh awesome. it was an eye opening experience.
0: <laughs> All right, now let's reverse and go back 20 years. So now you've graduated from East Central. Um, did the NFL? Because you didn't play in the NFL. Did anybody from the NFL come calling? Were you drafted? Did you get any kind of workouts in the league? Yes, you know
1: we had some workouts. Uh, my receiver, Jim Evans, I mean, he played at Oklahoma State, and then it kind of flunked out. And he's one of my receivers. He's he's from Booker T. Washington. Mm-hmm. Me and him ran for um, the New York Giants, and uh, the dude was fast, dude. He was really fast. I mean, I think in our 40, I remember it was a windy day. With the wind, he ran like a four-three-one. I ran like wow. a 4-4-1. Four, four, I'm like. Dude is and then against him when I ran a he ran a four four one, I ran like a four or five flat. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but uh never got an opportunity to, to, to hey that you're gonna get drafted or any of that.
0: Were they was, w- were they talking to you about playing running receiver, back or receiver? Okay. receiver.
1: The best thing probably ever happened to me back then, the USFL was out, mm-hmm. and they were kind of playing players. So June Jones and Miles Davis uh, say, hey, we, we want you. We're going to we're gonna draft you. We like you. I'm like, okay. So I'll make a long story short. I ended up getting drafted in the second round with Denver Gold and USFL and uh, played a year. It was a good league, uh, but I played a year, and then the league folded. But it was fun. I mean, I played against some great players. You know, Doug Flutie and Herschel Walker mm-hmm. and those guys. And that was a that was a stout league. Some big dog, Reggie White. I mean, he was in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very in, intense. League. Do
0: you have a Do you have a moment in that year that stands out above all?
1: Well, here's what I enjoyed. I mean, I I got to you know, pregame we kind of talk. You know. Doug Flutie, I just want to see him because you know, you know the flute he pass. I'm like, I'm so gonna go over there and talk to him. And the dude was about, I mean, he maybe maybe about a centimeter taller than me. I just couldn't believe how small he was. Mm-hmm. And the dude could throw the ball. And Herschel Walker wasn't a very big guy, but that dude was put together. I say he was about five eleven at the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, and. uh just to kind of meet those guys before the game, it was just like, oh my! I saw these guys play on TV, and that's what kind of took my breath away. And and of course, you know, June Jones and Mount St. They were great coaches, and uh, I got I learned a lot from those guys playing with them to run and shoot offense, and it just kind of fit who I was as a as an option quarterback. And that's what they looked for. They looked for like small, you know, mighty might receivers, and mm-hmm. and uh, so I had fun.
0: So where did you go? Uh, and play in Canada? I played for Ottawa.
1: Okay. Played for Ottawa. I played a year there and then I got opportunity to go to a uh, training camp with the Cleveland Browns for a week and got released. And then that's when. Uh,
0: How'd you get released? How'd they do it?
1: They. Because
0: uh, the NFL's famous for. Yes, yeah, you, so you know,
1: cut. Uh, uh, old Vinny was the old quarterback at the time never and, you know he had some good receivers i think midcalf and some of those guys and you know um they had a one week training camp for like rookies and kind of like free agents and uh so i was there to like thursday and uh of course you know you go to your locker and you kind of get your on your locker like hey there's you, a tag you, you there a tag and 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 you know i uh I was just kinda of honored. I'd even even get recognized at that at the level coming from East Central University. Yeah. So uh I just kinda of gave it up and I just wanted to kinda of get into coaching a little bit. But June Jones called me, like, hey uh, we have this league called the uh, Arena Football. And I'm like <laughs>
0: What is arena so football? So you're getting in on the ground floor of another league. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking
1: about. And it was played in the summer. So I kind of got into that, and I played that for like five seasons.
0: Yeah. You know. And it, was that same same team each, all those seasons in the arena league? I, I started out with Pittsburgh. Okay.
1: Tampa Bay bought them out, and that's why we went Storm. to the Tampa Bay Storm. And uh, O'Gruden was my quarterback. Really? Yes. Wow. We, we, and here's the deal. When we got there, we had these zebra uniforms, like blue and red, and our parents was like, oh, that was the ugliest uniform. <laughs> I said, either two things can happen. We can win it all, or we're going to be the worst team in the in, in arena football. And we ended up winning in that year. Nice.
0: Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay— also had of course those ugly uniforms of the buccaneers so yes i guess tampa bay known for those ugly uniforms <laughs> they are truly
2: and known football. for ugly uniforms <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm telling you so what so had you just had your fill then of of playing and you were ready to launch your yes, coaching yes
1: and, and you know what at the time when i played arena ball i was coaching at ada 1988 i got my first coaching job high school job with Larry Mcbroom at ada okay and uh and they were really good with me because i will leave a week before school was out and i will get back a week before school start so i, I did that for five seasons there
0: so. all right so now all right so brad caleb's professional uh, football playing days are done you've kind of gotten into coaching did you have an idea of did you want to be an nfl coach did you want to be a college coach were you okay with with high school what, what was the dream
1: the dream I wanted, I kind of wanted to coach at the college level, and so uh, when I came back from Arena Ball, Glenn Wolf at NEO propositioned me, and I'm like, "Well, you know, I, I'll try it." And uh, this was really before I got to Larry McBroom, and uh, I think it was like in '87. So that's when all this uh, Cleveland Brown stuff. So I said, "I'll just coach a year and see how that was." And, I think uh, Matt Butler was on staff, who mm-hmm. was a – I think he was a football – wasn't he for Oklahoma State? hmm And uh, Dale Patterson okay. was, was on that staff. And uh, But it was crazy. Coach Wolf was like – it's just the language. I just couldn't – I couldn't deal with the language. I mean, how he treated the players. And, uh, you know, he won. Not but the
0: language of – Play calling in the playbook, but the, language of f bombs, yes. That kind
1: of and thing. I just, that's not me. I just, I just think I, I can get my point across, my players without going to that level. Yeah. And and there's times and places where at halftime you might say some choice words, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. And it happened all the time. And I remember one time we got beat by a team that kind of knocked us out of the national championship um uh, playoffs and um uh, this kid was just untying his shoe in the back while you know glenn was talking and he stopped him and cussed him out and told him to take your stuff and you done and kicked him in mean, and he was one of my running backs i'm like <laughs> so the dad was mad i said i wanted to talk to coach wolf and i'm like okay so i had i went to talk talk Wolf say hey it's just this parent one to talk, said, Well, can you handle I'm like, No, I'm not gonna handle this one. This one way over my head. Yeah. And then right then I just like, you know, you know, I don't I don't want to coach at that level. High school would be something that I think God can bless me with.
0: Yeah. So So we okay, so you and and uh, your brother Bryant and your cousin all played at East Central. What happened then with Bryant and with your cousin when you were off playing? Did they start their coaching careers, or did did they have a chance to play professionally on some level?
1: Well, when I uh, got drafted, you know, it was, it, that, that, it was a spring league, so I had to leave campus earlier. Uh, Brian, when uh, went took coaching, I think his first job was at Frederick, Oklahoma. Oh. He was there for two years. And the then, Bombers. Then he got on with the Clinton Red Tornadoes for like 16 years until oh, okay. I got him to Jinx. Okay you know and neil um he got into coaching well he went as a free agent with the with the with the chargers and was with them and, until he got released right before the last uh, preseason game okay and um he got into coaching so uh neil kind of advanced a little bit and um uh, and in the, in the pro ranks a little bit and got a little taste of it but Brian just went right into coaching okay. after, we, after we graduated from East Central.
0: So when did you meet Darlene at East Central? Was it early there? How, how, what's the age difference? Darlene between? Darlene is,
1: uh, I'm two years older. Okay. So her freshman year, and it was um, my junior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some girls from Oak Moly that kind of set us up, you know, at a dance. And uh, and I kind of knew she was going to be the one because I always wanted to marry Someone, well, of course, very attractive, but a coach because I know I want to be a coach, yeah. and uh, and she had all those. Uh, she marked a box for all those, and uh, and uh, it was a, the funniest thing. You know, we end up getting married right there on campus at the chapel there. Okay, I mean that's how serious. And now it's been like, well, June eighth would be like 32 years we would be together. Congratulations. At, uh, And uh, so it's awesome, and uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner.
0: So how long after you got married before you started having children? Uh,
1: When we got married, we kind of waited like five years because we want to enjoy ourselves because, you know, uh, at eight I had some single parents who were kind of using their kids as leverage as far as like, hey, you're not going to see him if you don't do this. And I said, This is wait five years before we uh, have kids and, and kind of don't get in. I, I hope it didn't happen, but it, it didn't happen. So uh, I think I was 32 when I had my son. Okay. And um, so uh, it worked out very well. And Darlene kind of wanted to have one. i like, you know, I have five there's five siblings in my family and we gotta have someone. She Brain has to have a brother or sister, and so we end up having Bryce later on. Yeah. Two two
0: blessings in the skies. That's awesome. So let let's advance forward um to just uh not that long ago, your head coach at, at Booker T, uh your brother Bryant is assistant coach at Jenks. Um You were telling me before we officially started the interview uh, about the first time that that Bryant, would this have been 2018 or so or earlier than that when you guys were out on a jog and he was having some difficulty uh, in completing the the run?
2: Uh,
1: It was probably in 17. Okay. You know, we, we fortunately, we got to coach together two years with... With Coach Trimble, and I uh, saw summer prize Started at six o'clock, so we just parked at Riverside around five, and just got to run. And me, Brian, and his wife, and um, and when we went to the to the casino there and turned around, I mean, on the way back, he was just struggling the whole time. I and mean, we did this like the whole summer. And he never got any better. I mean, usually when you do that every day, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean, you kind of build up some endurance, and he never did. And and I never forget uh, who was coaching, and uh, he just called me and said, "Hey, I got some, something to tell you." I'm like, "What's going on?" He said, "Well, I I got tested, and they said I have uh, uh, cancer." And, you know, anytime you hear the C word, mm-hmm. you, you just don't, I mean, it just floors you. And I was Florida, I mean, I just started bawling. And he said, uh, it's okay, I think they're going to get it. And I'm like, what type of cancer? And it's, it's multiple myeloma where he had cancer, which deal with the, the blood and, and the bone. And um, for two years, you know, he took some treatment and, and all that and kind of went into remission. And then he came back uh, the third year and. And ever since then, I mean, he just struggled there for, for like, four years, and eventually it took his life.
0: So um, was there a a point – obviously there was a point where you figured that the chances were pretty slim, that he wasn't going to make it. How long between that moment that you had that thought and his passing?
1: Well, you know, I – you know, it was kind of weird. His his last year and a half, that's when kind of COVID kind of came along, where I could hang out with him at San Francis, you know, when he got his blood transfusion or his platelets and stuff. And then when COVID came in, it was like a shutdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I had to jog around the fortune to see him at the hospital. That's the closest I could get to him. And, uh, uh, Did he have the strength to get to the window? To I see couldn't you? see him. He, he didn't know where I was at, he and he kinda, I kind of knew us. where well, what wing he was on, but he he couldn't see me. But um, then his doctor was good enough. Some nights I could come and stay all night with him. Um, there at the end, I mean they they uh, told me there's nothing else they could do for him, and I think he, you know, Brown was a kind of a big dude. I mean, he was like two thirty. I mean put together. I think when they dismissed him from the hospital, he was 165. Wow. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, he he hugged me at the hospital. He said, you know what? They're going to release me, but I'm going to beat it. I mean, that's kind of faith he had. And then nine days later, he passed away. Mm-hmm. But I know he's at a better place. And uh, sometimes we get selfish. And want them on Earth, but that's where we want to be. Where you want to be, right? And uh, right. him and Neil, I'm like, I, I, I mean, someday I, I will reunite with those guys again.
2: But uh, so I, I share that with my my players in in FCA. I have it at Waso in.
0: Well, and you shared with me that you lost your dad in the late '90s, so you had already lost uh, someone very close to you at that time. So you when you look back at Brad Caleb's life, I mean, you got some some really high highs and some really low lows. Was there ever a time, whether it was with your dad's passing or with your brother's passing, that, that your faith got rocked to its core, or uh, how did you get through those times?
2: Uh, Kevin, it, it was tough because, you know, you always ask the question, why? You know, you, you, you see,
1: i never forget one of my deacons at my church at Holbert, I asked him a question, I said, why does God take the good people? I mean, it's some people who, druggies and, and why don't people don't go? I mean, why? I said, you know, Brian worshiped the Lord and all that. He said, dude, he said, God only take the best. And that's mean Brian is up there, mm-hmm. But those other guys. Brian is the best. So, you know, when his number is called, anybody number is call, I don't care what you're doing, you know, you're gonna go. But, you know, and and it kind of gave me some clarity on the on the why part. And you still really don't know why. And I don't know why. Like I, to, to go back into time when you. When you saw me, Brian, and Nell, you knew that it was three of us. And uh, I always wondered, like, why did I didn't go first? And that's the question I have, like, do you, I think I still have something to share? I think God wanted me to share some stuff with younger kids, and that's why I'm still
2: here.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see the movie The Shack? Yeah. See, I I, I think about that time when they were in that cave area and that father who was so distraught over losing his daughter mm-hmm. and the same thing about why would he let the man who, who abducted and murdered his daughter live? Yeah. And, not, and then that person who, who was playing the role of, I think, the Holy Spirit said, here's what you don't understand is that both of those people are God's children, who He loves the same, and to me that was like a mind-blowing thought. That I thought, you know what? I I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get to oh, that yeah, level of deep exactly, thinking. But yeah. I but I under but I get it. That doesn't mean that that the pain that you feel isn't real, and the, the idea of why would He take Bryant and not take you know this other person on you know. Murders row, but but then you think, see that's the that's that's where it's hard to get to is yeah. that, and when we can't get there is that God loves both of them equally. Mm-hmm. It's like how can you? But then when, you know, I've got a, I've got kids and I've had one kid who's kind of gone astray, and then I think about it and I go, well, I love that kid just as much as I do the one that didn't, mm-hmm. and if anything, I may actually have more attention paid to that one to try to help them get back to that relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And and that's certainly on a different level of someone who is so entrenched in their faith like your brother was and you know somebody who isn't, but I appreciate this Brad and I appreciate the idea that that you understand God's keeping you here for a reason. Yes, he is. And every day you're just going to ask him, you know, I, I, I had cancer a few years ago. You can see my scar on my neck. Yeah. And uh, so I've been there with the C word. I survived. I had COVID last year that hospitalized me. And and I thought I was not going to make it out of the hospital at one point. And so I have I have that same thought. And that is, I'm here for a reason. Uh, and so, God, use me, Amen. Maybe this podcast, yes, you know, is what's keeping me on this earth. But I can't wait to get to heaven and yes. see all my relatives exactly. too. And I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna ask the question of of why. I'm just yeah. gonna be so happy to be there and see all those oh, people. Yes. I'll have a lot of questions for for Paul and for Abraham. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and for Samson. Exactly. Have a lot of questions for Samson. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you being a part of this podcast. I know that um, I've been reaching out to you for a while now. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. that you, uh, you decided that, that you wanted to be a part of this brother. Cause this is a story that's going to really inspire a lot of people. Well, thank you for
1: having me. I am mean, it's, it's a pleasure. And, uh, uh, I just gotta keep working, you know. Uh, you know, one thing, you know, my wife always told me. She said, "You know what? God, He don't give you things that you can't handle," and and it says it in the Word, you know. And I'm like, "What? Well, he threw do people at me? You know, that's like, wow, that is tough." So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm managing it. I mean, you know, as long as I keep His Word and and believe in Him, I mean, He's gonna take care of me. And, and like you said, you you summed it up. It's going to be a joyous occasion here when my day is up
0: yep. to see those guys again. Is there anything, Brad, I, I don't know, is is there anything in the works for you, uh, you know, uh, like a book or any projects coming up that you'd like to promote?
1: Not yet. I'm I'm, I'm writing now. Okay. I want to write a book about the three of us. And uh, I just spend, you know, daily kind of writing stuff and, when I kind of get it where I kind of want it, I'm on. I'm gonna try to publish it.
0: How can people follow you on social media? Where are you?
1: I, I'm just, I'm just Facebook. You know, you just. Okay. I mean, that's the only social media I have.
0: Now, are you full? Can you take any more friends on Facebook? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's Brad. Yep. C a l i p. Brad Caleb. Yes, sir. I think we may be friends on Facebook. We are friends. We are, because that's yeah, how I I've been see, communicating. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we're real friends. Yes, we are. Yeah. All right, Brad, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Kevin. My thanks to Brad Caleb for being a part of Suit Up. I wish him nothing but the best. Please give us a five-star rating and be sure to listen to more inspirational stories on Suit Up.